Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. It's said that hard work brings success. And nobody's harder working than this podcast here at the Questionable Detour Studios. Mm-hmm. How how hard have you worked this week, Evan, on this podcast? When's the last time you thought about this podcast? I've been putting the time in. Yeah. Um, day in, day out. And it's been about... <sighs> 10 minutes 10 10 15 minutes yeah now? since you yeah. walked in here yeah yeah, yeah how about i'm you, looking Alan? i'm looking at evan's evan's brow and i can see a few beads of sweat <laughs> i can see some creases of just their thought creases you know of his cinched brow now let me tell you it may only be 10 to 15 minutes but this is the hardest 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> of my entire week i haven't thought as much as i have in these last 10 to 15 yeah. minutes and we haven't even started you don't yet. consistently think for 10 or 15 minutes any other time in the week it's no. just for this no i can feel the steam building like within <laughs> my head well, our, I don't. I don't think our listeners know, but Evan is our setup tech whiz. Yeah, he gets in here. Just some say hours, some say mere minutes before we record. So, sometimes <laughs> I'm showing up and has not been set. <laughs> sometimes Evan's passed out on the floor when we get here, but he always manages to get this thing set up. It's like a not a well-oiled machine. What do you call a machine that's not well-oiled? <laughs> Well, the point is, we work hard, and hard work brings success. And I would like to announce that the Questionable Detour podcast is top 50, top 50 in South Africa. Man. South Africa, thank you. South Africa, I want to say one thing to you. Say one thing. That one thing is... Okay. (laughs) No, yeah, we did it. You didn't say it. You just thought it, though. Yeah. I, I was like... Praying it. I had closed my eyes mm. and kind of connected with them. Oh, okay. Amen, mm-hmm. then, I guess. I yeah, don't know. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, I just thank you, South Africa, for making us top 50. Maybe we'll do a meet and greet in Johannesburg. <laughs> you know, we'll go to a hotel lobby. Just sit out some tables. It'll be one of those sad things. You know mm-hmm. when you expect something to be grand, mm-hmm. you get in there, and there's like three people in line, and it's just... <laughs> It's like gonna tables be with no like, tablecloth. We like we rented the like ballroom number two at the Holiday Inn. Yeah. <laughs> it's got those really uncomfortable chairs yeah. and a couple of a couple of folding tables and it's really there's really no. We haven't there. decorated at all. No, no. It's just, our signs are just handwritten. We're very jet lagged. <laughs> just miserable. We keep asking people where is South Africa on the map, like. How did we get here? Where are we? And the room's still dirty from the public speaking class that just wrapped yeah. up in that room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we think we think our first live event should be in South Africa. I, you know, top 50 is a big deal. That's a real stat. Like, it's a real stat online that we have come to know this past week. I think that that really says, um, America, step it up. Um, we live here. Yeah. We're not even yeah. we're not even from South Africa. What are you doing, America? But uh, thank you, South Africa. Uh, the stat was also we're the top two fifty in Norway. So thank you, Norwegian people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I-, I wonder if this was done on purpose. But these are two countries that we can't imitate. We can't do their accent. Yeah, they're two countries we can't do their accent and don't have like really highlighted stereotypes to make fun mm-hmm. of. No, and maybe that's why they listen to us. <laughs> They we feel, have not offended them. <laughs> the only they people feel we really safe. 
They're just right outside of our swinging distance. <laughs> Keep dodging our punches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to name off some very fun stats about South Africa, some fun facts mm-hmm. to really show our South African friends that we, we know a lot about them. And here's some South African facts. And this is facts that you knew before today. I, I have delved into my wellspring of South African knowledge, mm-hmm. and I have uh, pulled up just books, m- manuscripts of South African information. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? South Africa is a country in the south southernmost tip of the African continent marked by several distinct ecosystems. Inland safari destination Cougar National Park is populated by big game. The Western Cape offers beaches, lush winelands, and Stellenbosch, and parl craggy cliffs off the Cape of Good Hope. There's no way you said that right. <laughs> no. I think Good Hope is the only thing he said correctly. <laughs> uh, forests and lagoons along the, gar- the garden route and the city of Cape Town beneath the flat top table mountains. Wow. It was like you were reading from a script. I, I just it's because I know so much about South Africa. There is eighty one percent black, eighty two percent colored. <laughs> no, it does not say that. <laughs> I swear to God it says that. Seven point three percent white and two point seven percent Asian. It has an area of one million two hundred and twenty one thousand thirty seven kilometers. That means absolutely nothing to us because we don't know what kilometers <laughs> well, yeah, are. Kilometers. It has a population uh, as of twenty twenty two of sixty two million twenty seven thousand five hundred and three, and has a GDP of nine hundred ninety seven billion. Those are all great. Those facts. are all great facts. I knew off the top of my head. Man, that's, wow, that's, that's great. Look, th- hey. South Africa, you can never say you don't have a friend. And for those that couldn't see, Zach kind of just closed his eyes there for a second and went to what it he was would a trance-like a, state, a yeah. mind palace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and maybe it sounded like he was reading from a script, mm-hmm. and maybe that's because he was. But it was a script in his own head. Yeah, yeah. he was, was reading straight from those textbooks. It was my brain script. Yeah, I would say step aside, Morgan Freeman. There's a there's a new narrator in town. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to offer one more fact about South Africa. Give us a stat fact about South Africa. Uh, Their largest export is tigers, I think. You're legitimately not reading. (laughs) How many many tigers per capita do they have? They have three tigers per 100,000 people. Okay. So whatever that ratio is to you, Mm -hmm. that's what the fact is. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. They have more grass than they do people. That's another That actually might be, that actually might be true. Actually, I'm getting this this in real quick. Hot off the facts, uh, South Africans they only drink salt water. Did y'all know that? <laughs> they can do they can do brackish if you know if they have to, but y- y- it's y- mainly salt water. Y'all are muddying my wa- my facts. You're muddying my facts. Okay, my facts were factual. <laughs> You're just creating stereotypes. Now, now the whole world is going to think that South Africans drink salt water. Now, Evan, this little delivery boy in a weird uniform just came over and gave you a note. <laughs> short shorts. <laughs> what? And it, I, I can see the word South African mm-hmm. written on it. What, what else does that note say? So this <laughs> weird little delivery man. Uh, <laughs> this note that he... What an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> little sailor hat. <laughs> Don't know where how he got in my house, but <laughs> glad to have him because mm. this note here it says South Africans 
are famous because they used to live in Antarctica. Mm. <laughs> what a weird note. What a weird note. I had no clue that was true. What kind uh, of weird subscription service have you subscribed to? <laughs> you have a little man, just a little guy, <laughs> come and give you just random facts. When knowledge is power, you subscribe <laughs> yeah. to anything you can yeah. to get that yeah. power. I'm always hungry for it. You're like, I'm not using the internet. I'm using a little man in a, some tight shorts <laughs> to bring me facts. I really, I, I didn't know they were uh, migratory people. That's uh, <laughs> that means they go back to South. They would go back to Antarctica. <laughs> they cross the ocean and whenever mm. they feel necessary. I don't know if they're trying to escape the winter or the summer, but <laughs> mm. I'm sure it's for mating purposes. They just go, <laughs> you know. I'm sure. It's, I'm sure that's what they do it for mating purposes. Well, with the amount of tigers they have per person. Yeah, you mm. you don't. Yeah. It's hard to mate yeah. when there's three tigers per a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all know at any given time there's a hundred thousand people mating at just, just one time in one place. Yeah. out there, one building. No, oh. one Jeez. room. Mm. I mean, where have you been hanging out? <laughs> Have that little messenger boy come give you that fact. <laughs> but anyway, South Africa, thank you. This is a South African appreciation episode mm-hmm. because top 50, that's a that's a big deal. Let's give it up for South Africa. Let's give it up, South Africa. Thank you, everyone. Wow. thank South Africa, thank y'all. Do y'all want to like give a speech, maybe a success speech? I do want to save my speech for top 40. Um, mm. I think it'll just mean a little bit more then. Okay. Just because I, I have so much to say and so much love for South Africa that it's kind of just stored up inside me. I'm gonna hold it in for ten more spots. Okay. Okay. Do you do you want to have a cheap way to get out of this, like Evan? No, I'm, I think I'm gonna step up to the plate. Okay, I'll step up to the plate. <laughs> um, you know, I've never in my life considered South Africa as a place. <clears throat> it's never crossed my transom. I've I've never really considered it at all. Yeah. Which, unlike you, I know you have. Yeah, I've only many times, South Africa. many times. But now I come to see their value. Mm-hmm. With the amount of uh, tigers that they have and their ability to uh, drink salt water, I think that <laughs> I, I I just I really see the importance that they that they give. That was a that was a heck of a mm-hmm. speech there, but it, it it was. It was. That was that was really good. You um, said a lot without saying anything. Yeah, right? it was just a <laughs> bunch of words strung together. It some might say that it ended abruptly. <laughs> some might say it started abruptly. Some might say the whole thing was abrupt. <laughs> yeah. no, a lot of but people. that's that just would say that's not what I'm going to do here. I'm going to save it for top 40. Okay, save it for top 40. That you hear that South Africa? If you want Evan to give a speech, if you want to hear more from Evan, mm-hmm. which everyone does, obviously. which everyone does, get us in the top 40. <laughs> Whatever. Tell your friends, tell your mates. I assume you use that word there. Tell your mates about Questionable Detour Podcast, and you'll get to hear Evan talk more. <laughs> what everybody's dying for. <laughs> but thank you, South Africa. And welcome to Questionable Detour. Let's do some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. So today for our hypothetical, we have a cute little scenario. Cute. About our professions. And I know we're all just secure and non-problematic drivers. Mm-hmm. So no one should have an issue with us getting behind the wheel of, say, a school bus and maybe directing around a bus full of children. <laughs> So what would you do in that scenario where you are a school bus driver? And we should mention that we love kids, but not too much. Not too much. But more than we love kids, though, we love having a CDL. 
We love which means we can drive that bus. Thank you for bringing up that, Alan. Alan is famous. I'm famous in South Africa for his understandings of how acronyms work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and give us go ahead and give us what CDL stands for to you. Now remember, Alan, that's three letters. Uh, it stands for chronic dynamic lumps. <laughs> and how does that help you drive? <clears throat> it's a, it's a, actually, it's like a, a bowel movement oh, um, <laughs> that provides you with such discomfort that you will get to your destination no matter what. <laughs> and fast. And you will get there fast in the most efficient way possible because you've got to go and you're not going to go in that bus full of kids. <laughs> And the and government mandates that? And they do, they do. Okay. Oh, okay. They, they're like, please, I need you to you be taking to dumps every five minutes. <laughs> Tell me you haven't looked at it, and I, we're not coming at truck drivers today. That's not what that's not what this segment's about. But tell but me give you had a reason. But tell me you hadn't looked at a truck driver and been like, Yeah, I bet I bet he's ran to the bathroom before. I bet he's yeah. I, I bet he's ran a red light to go uh <laughs> go get rid of a chili dog if you know. I what bet I mean. he is double parked. To run into a Walmart <laughs> to destroy a bathroom. You know he left that thing running too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to think though, if you do have a CDL, mm-hmm. a chronic dynamic lumps. Chronic dynamic lumps. Um, yes. Everybody on your bus will arrive safely. Now, everybody not on your bus though, probably probably not so much. That's true. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna probably cause some traffic issues, but you'll t-bone a van full of a family. Yeah, but you know <laughs> you've got the license. I mean. <laughs> What can you they can, do? You can yeah. do it. Yeah, the cop pulls you over. And I'm like, sir, did you do you know what you just did? Say, so well, you manslaughtered a family of five, and you pull out that chronic dynamic lump card <laughs> with your stupid government picture on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, sir, take a look at this. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm you show sorry. him your uh, your service dog for oh, chronic dynamic lumps. Yeah, yeah. What does he do? What's the service dog do? The service dog is not actually a dog. It's a person dressed in a dog costume. Okay. <laughs> and he just whispers in your ear. He's like, hey, man, you're doing great. <laughs> We're almost home. <laughs> and, man, I, I bet that cop sees you and your chronic dynamic lump license and your dog man and goes, I'm sorry, your honor. And he goes, on your way. <laughs> Goes, and then you, you tell him, you know, uh, the stop that you just did, this cost me. As <laughs> <laughs> poop runs down your pants. <laughs> As you make a puddle around yourself. But uh, back to the point, I guess. Um, what do y'all do as bus drivers? When I drive that, that big yellow dog, <laughs> I'm a really offended bus driver. You're offended? Like you're, I'm like, offended. Okay. Yeah. Like I've got, got a lot of things that offend very me. Very insecure. What really offends me, though, is the song The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round. Okay, uh, I guess it begs the question, why? I absolutely hate it. I think that I think that we went too far when we invented the wheel. <laughs> I think that instead of wheels, I think that the children should just carry the bus. So, like, what I imagine is like a... Um an old Roman emperor, mm-hmm. you know, big sticks under the bus yeah. and kids on each side lifting those sticks. And like the, the, bus the, the palanquin um, situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you think you think the kids should do that. And why? Why do you think that? Well, mainly because I don't really want them inside my bus. <laughs> They're super annoying. Yeah. They're loud and they always leave their trash everywhere. I think that they're better suited outside doing manual labor and getting the bus and me where we need to go. Which is to their house, which 
means mm-hmm. by the time you drop off the last kid, you're just kind of sitting there in a bus without wheels. Really? No, they don't. They don't get to go home like that. Oh, they <laughs> they drop me off at the house and then they have to walk home. OK, <laughs> you have a real Egyptian Pharaoh <laughs> thing going here. Do you dress up in Egyptian Pharaoh attire? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I have uh, I have one of those little pharaoh goatees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not not grown from my face, but uh, taped crudely <laughs> to it. Just some hair that you got mm. like from a wig. Some weird eyeliner. Um, <laughs> the outside of the bus, did you like reshape it into the Sphinx or something? The, yeah, they we're, we're working on that. Um, they've got those really old scaffolding all around <laughs> it, and they're they're sitting there kind of not slaving away, <laughs> <laughs> not slaving away. But they're working real hard. <laughs> now, no pay. <laughs> well, well hold on. they get to go Easy. home. Technically, right? Like they get they get to go home. Yeah. 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 Do you call the bus your sphincter? Mm. Like yep. kids, let's lift up my sphincter. Sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sphincter. Oh God, what else could they call it? That, oh, no, that, you don't try. Stop looking for other things. That's what it says on the side. You know, on the side of a normal school bus, it'll uh-huh. give its school. And county mm-hmm. that it's in, you know, uh, it just says big black letters sphincter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess it does. <laughs> <laughs> you always got kids lifting up your sphincter. Oh, <laughs> is that what that was? That what I'm hearing right now? <laughs> they just call it. Um, they they don't call it the sphincter. They they just call it. They just call it the sphinx. Now now the sphincter may be like a fun play on words that they use when they're you know talking amongst their friends. Yeah. But legally, that's not what we call it. Okay. <laughs> I, I assume you don't appreciate when they call it that, seeing as they're mocking you. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. the pharaoh of this bus, mm-hmm. of the sphincter, how do you handle that? How do you handle insubordination? Uh, I call my overseers over and I say... You have overseers. I have overseers, yeah. It's usually like the some of the older children in the okay. class. Okay. And I say, is that a rebellion? <laughs> is that a rebellion below us? Take care of that. <laughs> He just goes and just beats a tar out of these guys. Just with rods. He has uh, a bunch of pool noodles. Okay, okay. He doesn't actually. He doesn't actually hurt them, but it's it's the the thought that something might happen. It's a message. Yeah. You're just sending a message. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about Jews? Great guys. Okay. Okay. I just you know. Egyptian, why do you, Why do you ask? Egyptians Egyptians just kind of have a storied history with the Jewish people, so I just didn't know if you kind of. Along no, with that. I don't. I don't follow that 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 same train of thought. Big fan of our guy Moses. Okay. Um, yeah, I was about to say. Do you normally cross uh, rivers and creeks and just start sending babies down creeks? Uh, sometimes, if if that's the best way to get them to school. Okay. Um, <laughs> if the school's down, if we're upstream, you know, yeah. and the and the school is is down down below, we'll have them construct their you know reed baskets and they'll just uh, <laughs> kind of go on down. Okay. So what's on your bus? You said you don't want them on your bus. Like what? What do you, what do, you do with all that extra room? Um. Well, really, we've taken we've actually taken out all the seats except for mine. Sure. I kind of I don't want them to have any reason to be up in there. Is it your sarcophagus? Are you going to be buried in the mm-hmm. bus, embalmed, mummified, buried in the bus like a like a true Egyptian? Garden? Yeah, I've got my own sarcophagus in there right now. Yeah. Um, just waiting, just in case for some reason I go too soon. I don't want them to have to go very far to get my sarcophagus. I want them to <laughs> go ahead and just bury me and then bury the bus. Yeah, okay. You're going to be buried on the bus. Mm-hmm. So in 2000 years, they're going to uncover that mm-hmm. bus and just wonder who who this god was. Well, they'll they won't have to wonder because I'll leave them a recording of me just telling them all about my bus and about all the kids that worked for me, not as slaves but as 
paid workers. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, that we'll have we'll have a lot of information for. Them. There'll be literature available. So, so uh, you know, two thousand years. Let's set the mm-hmm. scene. Two thousand years goes by. A man uncovers the sphincter. <laughs> he he brushes away the dirt. <laughs> He brushes away the dirt, oh. and all on the signs are hieroglyphics mm-hmm. of Alan whipping not slaves mm-hmm. on top of a bus. Mm-hmm. He goes in there, and he pushes that very heavy top off of that sarcophagus, and it's just it's just Alan looking all mummified, mm-hmm. but good. Like skin is smooth, looks good for two thousand years. I mean, you know, you know, he, you could tell he used sunscreen. I did. I had work done. Yeah. <laughs> he picks up that recorder. What does he hear? You know the pharaohs, they, they thought of themselves as gods. I don't think of myself as that. I think of myself as uh, a man of the people. I could get out there and I could help those kids. I'm not going to. They work for me. That'd be, that'd be stupid. The work just, it, it builds their work ethic. They're not slaves. Well, how long does that go on for? Like, <laughs> essentially, like a journal entry. <laughs> I start off doing that, and then it's essentially me going into describing the plot of uh, 1999's The Mummy. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. You walk through the whole movie. I, yeah. It's 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 definitely definitely scene by scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. I don't. Um. I I fail to see the point of it, but you I, the the I, question I, was not how do you see the point of what you do as a school bus driver. <laughs> The question was, what do you do as a school bus I just, driver? I just feel like the purpose of a bus is to take kids home, um, and you you just now use these kids to mm-hmm. carry around a bus that is supposed to take them home, but they don't actually go home. I, mm-hmm. I listen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You you are the god of the sphincter, so I you know I, I'm tough. happy for you. <laughs> I I really am that you have found this this path in life. Happy to make these kids walk it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Man, not too often we get to talk to the god of sphincters. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan. What do you do? Bus driver, Evan. What do you do as a bus driver? I usher those kids in. I tell them, take your seats, take your seats, obviously. Sure. I've got my police scanner on the dash. Oh, you, <laughs> <laughs> you took down the normal bus scanner that they communicate you with. Yeah, yeah okay, take okay. that out. You put a police scanner in, or I put a police scanner in there and... Kind of just listen uh, while I'm riding around, you know, joy riding with these kids in the back. Yeah, absolutely. Just listening for, you know, sounds of crime scenes happening. Okay. Uh, <laughs> things happening that the police may need help with. Yeah. Be it that they found a dead body and they need forensic sure. to get in there and, you know, dig around, see what we can muster up. And I'll take that bus of kids over mm-hmm. there. Because what's, okay. what's better than having a team of forensic investigators mm-hmm. having three times that amount because you have... A whole bus of kids and a adult bus driver there to help this forensic mm-hmm. team. I bet the investigators love just a bus stopping right in the middle of the crime scene and unloading 72 kindergartners. I try to get them as close to the crime scene as possible. Uh, I don't always look out for the tape and the markers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, my wheel rolls over a dead body. Yeah, so, yeah. They're already dead. I mean, <laughs> not going to get any more dead. Exactly. So I have, you know, 70 kids out there yeah. kind of. Yeah. Marking up the crime scene, seeing what they can find. They you just out. give them magnifying glasses and little Sherlock Holmes hats. Yeah. <laughs> and I say... You just this, send them out. That bus of kids, they are three times as investigative as this team of forensics. Yeah. You're a quantity over quality guy. Exactly. So, and it doesn't just stop it like forensic evidence. If I hear a crime scene underway, strength in numbers. Yeah. <laughs> 
if I bring a busload of uh, kids up to a mall where there's you know gunfire happening, sure. and I send them all straight to the gunman, he's gonna be so confused. He's, gonna be so he, confused. he's not gonna know where to shoot, especially as you arm these children up. As they came off the bus, yeah. you're just like, hut, 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 and you're just giving them guns, just AR-15s. <laughs> exactly. Because they need to be able to defend themselves. Absolutely. They have armor vest on, and I give them AR-15s, and we all kind of just flood them all. Yeah. Gunmen. 72 two-foot kindergartners, just <laughs> led, by, led by one of the greatest military minds. <laughs> They're hard to hit. They're small it's- targets. <laughs> It's great success. And then maybe there's a jumper on the roof. Oh. I hear that over the police camp. Yeah. Yeah. Who's better to talk somebody off a roof than 72 kids? Uh, 72 kids? kindergartners. They'll ask him so many questions. <laughs> why, why are you going to jump? Did, why? 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 How are you going to do that? <laughs> why? What happens when you hit the ground? Make them think through the whole process. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. no, you put it that way. Are you not worried that seven, that having 72 kindergartners talk to that man will not make him want to jump even more? Well, if he does decide to jump, I'll have half. I'll, so I'll send half of them up there to talk to the guy. I'll send the other half below to catch him. I, you know, they say that if you're in a situation where somebody's committing suicide, it's best to overwhelm them and make them feel claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> overwhelm and overtake. That's, yeah. that's what we try to do in that situation. Okay. Let me ask you this. You hear a um, a highway pursuit come over that police scanner. That's my favorite one. You, do you stick one of those like little bubble lights on top of the, the <laughs> bus? A little tiny bubble light. You, do you take off after the police chase? 100%. We try to just get down the highway as soon as we can because you know that bus, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mosey on down the road. <laughs> so... We get out there, and then, you know, I get caught up in the pursuit with the police, and <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I'm taking the lead, Sergeant. <laughs> we are eastbound and down. <laughs> Sergeant, fall back. I got this one. And What's your radio handle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, after you answer that, can you give us a rendition of what you sound like over the radio? I'll lead you into that. So Be advised, we have a highly dangerous Toyota Corolla black 2013 the car is black (laughs) the car is the car is black heading eastbound on 240 be advised the driver should be considered armed and dangerous all patrols respond yeah this is mother hen uh checking in we're in pursuit in the big yellow bus (laughs) big yellow bus all other officers stand back. Uh, we're going to take this one on by ourselves. We got it. Me and my 72 little chicks. We're in pursuit, and we'll have this suspect apprehended immediately. So uh, we go through that, and obviously they're happy to let us take the lead. <laughs> and <laughs> I come door-to-door with the in pursuit of this uh, driver, and I kind of form a rope, a, a line with these children, and they grab onto a rope. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm sitting there in the driver's seat, you know, flooring this bad boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yank the door open, the big, you know, yanker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yank that door yanker. open. These kids come flying out like it's a aerial drop, and they're in the military, <laughs> like a yo-yo. Yeah. yeah. They one by one jump on top of the car. They're starting to jimmy the locks, trying to get in. <laughs> this is like a zombie <laughs> situation. Just kids crawling this over like this the, vehicle. It's like the zombies from World War Z where yeah. they just pile on top of each other to get things done. 
Are they speaking a weird Latin language while they're doing this? Evans, Evans in there. On? Go, my hatchlings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have our own code, obviously. And I'm saying hatchlings deploy, uh, hatchlings skibbity do bop de bop do. Oh, he turned into a, turned into a, like a <laughs> All that man. means okay. something to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it wouldn't be worth it to share yeah, with sure, you. Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm not going to try. But they're all tied at the waist by this rope, and they're mm-hmm. on top of the car. I'm slamming the car into the side <laughs> railing on the highway, obviously. I have the bigger vehicle, so I'm going to be able to pin them in there uh, while they get in and apprehend this suspect. And sure. Of course, we detain him and uh, throw him in the back of the squad car, which is what I call the back of my bus, locked up with bars. And yeah, bars back there. <laughs> yeah, we take him to the police station. Okay, glad you glossed over all the <laughs> the casualties, <laughs> either by just people on the road or you slamming your bus into a car that has kids draped all over it. <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna gloss over that. It's for know, the greater good. That, you know, mm. God gives the biggest battles to His strongest soldiers exactly. you know and <laughs> if we don't do it who will <laughs> if, it, if it's not for us who's gonna stop the crime uh, listen. we don't have a spider-man we well, don't have a batman no you have we're a, the vigilantes you have a man in a bus of 72 kids right and i want to be the first to say thank you for your service definitely <laughs> thank you definitely thank you that means a lot coming from you guys yeah, yeah i know just wow but that's that's impressive but there you go bus drivers are so boring today they just drop they're kind of cranky they might not wear deodorant. They might have love handles that kind of sag over their armrest. But none of them, none of them are a pharaoh. No, a a no. sphincter king. None of them are a self-proclaimed bus vigilante that just steps in where he's needed to solve crime and stop it. Maybe before it even happens. I think it's easy to drive a bus. Anybody can drive Anybody a bus. Can, yeah, but you can't lead a bus. <laughs> Our you hypotheticals know, are all about leadership. Yeah, but uh, there you go. Uh, so for our next segment, Alan has gotten into some mischief, and he often does this. He has a very exciting life outside of the studio. He, he, he has a lot of hobbies, and that's actually what this article from the New York Times is about. Uh, so let's, let's jump into that. We interrupt this program for a breaking news story. Breaking news. Hold on, this is breaking news. All right, so we got a little New York Times tidbit. Alan, I don't know how you keep doing this, but you wound up in the news once again. Nothing makes me feel more boring than reading what Alan does outside of here. I know. Like, I just watch TV. Alan's out here. My life doesn't end when I leave these doors. (laughs) When I leave the studio space, my life begins. Alan's like one of those influencers that says he wakes up at 4 Mm a.m. to go run and then come back and meditate Mm -hmm. and then eat some oat. For breakfast. If you're if your circle is not talking about getting up at four thirty and yeah. doing whatever you can to make the local news, then get a new circle. <laughs> Alan is what your dad says he was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me read off this news story here and all right, so the title of this news article is Bizarre Obsession, Zookeeper Alan's Dirty Laundry Photograph Photography. <laughs> In they the need body. somebody to consolidate their titles. I know. It's a long <laughs> title. Uh, the body of this says, In a small town known for its eccentricities, one peculiar figure stands out among the rest. Zookeeper Allen, a man with an unusual obsession that has left locals scratching their heads. Allen's fascination? Photographs of dirty clothes. 
Visitors to the local zoo seeking adorable animals and entertaining shows find themselves bewildered by Alan's inexplicable fixation. Instead of attending to the needs of the exotic creatures, he can often be found snapping photos of soiled socks, stained t-shirts, and muddy jeans. I just can't resist the allure of these filthy garments, Alan explained, his eyes gleaming with an eerie enthusiasm. This obsession, it seems, has extended to the residents of the town, who now donate their dirtiest laundry for Alan's bizarre collection. In a recent exhibit at the zoo, the so-called laundry extravaganza, visitors gawked at rows of framed photographs featuring caked mud, spaghetti sauce splatters, and grass stains. While some have questioned Alan's sanity, others find his passion oddly endearing. You gotta admire someone who can find the beauty in the mundane said one supporter. So if you happen to visit the peculiar town, don't be surprised if you spot a zookeeper obsessed with the oddest of hobbies, capturing the allure of dirty laundry. Now, Alan. Back at it again, Golly. Zookeeper Alan. Where did you get into zookeeping? Just a part-time hobby of mine. Yeah. Part-time hobby, full-time job. (laughs) It's something that I enjoy some of the time, but work at all the time. (laughs) But you've also found a hobby within the hobby, and that's taking picture of people's dirty clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are you taking pictures from the bushes? Like I feel like this is not on the up and up. You're like running around mm. your tan tight short shorts. You're you, you look like Steve Irwin. <laughs> you like Steve Irwin with a Polaroid camera. It's a uh, tight short shorts on the bottom, a uh, ghillie suit on the top. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Kind of like a party up front or yeah, you know, business up yeah. front, party and back situation. So just so I can kind of hide in the bushes and I, I watch people when they eat messy foods. God, I bet you're sitting in that bush like, please let the corn dog drop on that drop short. Yeah, drop it. Mustard squeeze out the yeah. back of that hot dog. And I go, oh, yes. And yeah. just <laughs> snap. You snap the picture. How often are the photos organic? And how often do you maybe take a handful of mustard and rub it on the back of somebody's shirt? To maybe stage the dirty photo. So I haven't got a job as a zookeeper, but I also have a lot of other jobs as waiters around town. Okay. <laughs> so I kind of just, I, I kind of walk up to people as a waiter and just spill things on them. Yeah. yeah. Just because I got I to gotta get that shot of that dirty clothes. You're like, are you going to the zoo later? Mm-hmm. And blah, you just dump a, dump a thing of Coke on them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I just kind of, I, I go back to my bushes. <laughs> Take take pictures of them. Hours later, I'm at the zoo, and I see them come through with their dirty shirt. Yeah. You're like, thank God these people did not change, because it's been hours. (laughs) Is there a specific saying that kind of stands out to you that you're like, I got to get that? What are some of my personal favorites? Uh, The spaghetti stain. Mm. Um, Mm. You get just meat juice. You get... (laughs) It's a good mixture of meat juice. Sauce. Yeah, Yeah. know, And those noodles hit in wild directions, so you get fun... Different, different shapes, dim- you, you know? You call it dimension. Dimension, that, that's, yes. That's like your yes. artsy term you use for mm-hmm. it. It's like a you, crime scene. You, you, <laughs> you sit there in your bus and you're like, oh, look at the dimension on that one. Gosh. The length. <laughs> People like, you hear the clachink of like a normal Polaroid camera and hear the rant of the Polaroid <laughs> come out and people are like... You just hear that? Yeah, I've actually got one of those old 1800s cameras. I don't even I don't even have a Polaroid. I've got the little the it's thing like that you hold house. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got the thing that you I don't even know what you call it, but but you yeah, you, you like hold it flash. up to take yeah, the, the flash. flash. Yeah. And, and then they see the flash, hear the flash as well. It's like it's kind of like thunder. But yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And then they hear Alan. I got it. I got it. It's not it, it's not subtle at all. Yeah, you're up under the yeah. hood. Yeah. Like you put on <laughs> 
<laughs> but the thing about those old pictures, you had to have the subject very still. Mm-hmm. Like you could not move because it took so long for the camera. How do you get your subjects to stand so still? A lot of the times what they do is when they when they drop something on them, they just kind of sit there and look sad for a second. <laughs> They're just so mad at themselves for their stupidity. You know, why did I do this? I'm... I'm a failure. Are you telling these people this to this is, further de- their depression? I've sent them. I, I, I've sent them a note. <laughs> as as the waiter, I've given it to them. And I'm it, the note just says, "Dear honored guest, you're a failure. There's you've got nothing going for you in your life. If you would just sit still, reflect, reflect with the spilled stuff on your clothes. I mean, that does add. <laughs> it doesn't another. have to be a. It doesn't have to be well worded. Like you're not a worker. Do, no, no, no. I'm a. I'm, I'm a waiter and a. The zookeeper. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not a professor of, of English uh, literature. Yeah. Well, that does add another dimension, uh, another piece of depth to your photographs as well. Because behind that dirty clothes emotion, is yeah. just so much emotion mm-hmm. caked into that picture in that scene. Yeah, yeah. I, when I when I display these pictures, I want you to th- I want you to not only see the stain, but the person that's also themselves a stain on society. <laughs> That was in your note too. That was you're a state <laughs> on society, yeah. and it's that's what an interesting series of events of you spilling mustard on the shirt and then subsequently writing a letter that just tears this person down for something mm. you did. Yeah, you don't get a lot of tips as a waiter, do you? No, uh, the, the waiter job is kind of just sort of a passion of yeah. mine. Yeah. Um, means to an end. Means means to an end. Just to just to get my just to get my pictures done. Do with the pictures? I post them up around the zoo. Um, the laundry extravaganza. The laundry extravaganza exhibit. at the zoo. Oh, you uh, have an exhibit, so it's like an art exhibit. Yeah, I think the zoo has too many animals. Mm. Um, so <laughs> what I've been doing is slowly. What a, <laughs> what a great zookeeper! Slowly getting rid of animals and replacing. <laughs> The animals with my art. Just pictures of it's dirty like, clothes. They go by the, the gorilla exhibit. They're like, where are the gorillas? And it's just your pictures just along a, the wall. Just a couple of pictures of wine-stained pants. <laughs> you go in there looking for, looking for the, the bats, and there's just a couple of dirty socks hanging from a tree. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with the animals? You just give them out as pets. I assume you just kind of release them into the city. Uh, yeah, some of them, you know, some of the ones that I think that could fare well in a city, your 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 antelopes, your tigers, your crocodiles, your crocodiles, you know, things and, that things that would uh, brighten a city, I think. And really, the scarier the animal that is less loose in the city, the the more chances you have of stains on clothing because people are mm-hmm. running, they're yeah. acting surprised with uh, <laughs> drinks in their hand. You know, and yeah, stains, and maybe let's come. say let's say one of these one of these uh, creatures catches up to him. Yeah, blood there's stain. A, there's a stain for sure. Blood yeah. stain. It's a guaranteed stain. Really. Yeah, the whole point of a zoo is about education mm-hmm. and exposure to these animals. And what better education and exposure than real world experience with one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> you're never going to be able to talk about an experience with an animal unless you've just been running away from them mm-hmm. down a down a crowded city block. Them just nipping at your heels. <laughs> you're afraid. You don't know where you're. I mean, you don't know where you're gonna find help. You don't know if you will. <laughs> this could be one of your last thoughts. <laughs> and it's just Alan on the other side of the street and his <laughs> stupid bird box camera <laughs> under the hood with a big flash stick. Please, 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 please fall. Please fall. <laughs> Let me get the money shot. Let me get the money shot. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, what it's a great sentiment. Like, really, can you truly experience the speed of a cheetah unless you are running down Fifth Avenue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. From it, you know, like you can't truly experience. You're never going to know how fast something is until it's caught up with you. Until yeah. <laughs> till you've tried to outrun it and realize all too soon that you're not you're not faster than this thing. This yeah. th- this might be the end of you. Yeah. Um. And you classically say, as the old Southern man that you are, I don't have to be faster than the cheetah. I just have to be faster than you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> mm, I don't have to say any of these things. <laughs> Sometimes I do give him things to say, and that's what, oh, okay. that that's like one of the things. Like I, I hand it off to him as like a as like a note, you know, like a baton. Please, like you, please read this as he's running. You just pass him the note. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. I would love to go to your art exhibit. I'm sure top and hottest art critics are there, mm-hmm. just arms behind the back, looking at your art along the wall. You know, you're probably still dressed in your ghillie suit slash mm-hmm. short shorts. Yeah. And you're just giving him the rundown of what each p- picture means. Yeah, as a, you know, a, a Stan could tell a lot. He can tell sadness. He can tell... You know, what were they feeling at the moment that their dad left them? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, that's what a Stan said. It gives... They say uh, eyes are the window to the soul. Nay. Nay. The stain is the window to the soul. It says something like, what could I have done to keep my dad from leaving? <laughs> Man, I bet I bet those art critics eat that up as you oh, sit oh, beside yeah. a pair of pants with just a dropped hamburger in it. Mm-hmm. And you're just like Yeah. Look at look at the soul of this person. Look how they were conceived. <laughs> 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 in the back of a Trans M in nineteen eighty three. Oh gosh. <laughs> Smokey in the bandit style. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I think we don't give you enough credit for how artsy you really are. Yeah, I'm. I'm really, really pretentious about when it. You know, when it comes to art, um, a lot of these things that you guys, you guys show me, the Mona Lisa, garbage, <laughs> the Sistine Chapel, Sistine Get Chapel, a life. it's a building, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's got them. Everybody's got a house. You know, yeah. come on. Nothing great about that. What I'm really interested in is like a nebulous stain with unknown color, questionable origin. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm here for. I, I, I like that. I, it just really, it shows the variety and depth of who you are. I've actually been meaning to talk to you about that, Zach. Oh. I, I want to talk about the way you see Alan. Way to hijack this conversation Alan. there, bud. <laughs> this seems like something Evan was wanting to bring <laughs> yeah. up. No, and he found a, he right found now. some dead space. <laughs> some dead space. Okay, you. What do you want to talk about? Alan. We're, we're, this is Evan's. We're already now. talking about Alan. Okay. I'm <laughs> talking about Alan. Just how how would you describe Alan to a random person that you've never met? Because obviously we've just learned, and we've been learning over every time we do this segment that Alan has a new depth that you know we didn't know about him. So I just want to know how you would describe him to somebody that had never I, heard of Alan. If I were to describe Alan, zookeeper, art entrepreneur Alan, I would describe him as lumpy, mm. a, 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 an amoeba yeah. of emotion and, and personality. He has multiple personalities in his head at any given time. Mm-hmm. You sneeze at the wrong time. It triggers him to speak in a, a, a foreign language. And he's like an angry Italian. Like, give us an angry Italian. It's like, why are you making me sneeze? <laughs> You just you never know what you're gonna get. Is he gonna hug your child, or is he gonna tie your child 
to a horse and drag him through an old western city. You don't know. But he makes life exciting. He's unhinged. He will either hug you or stab you with a fork. And really, why wouldn't you want to know him? You know? Doesn't seem like the kind of guy that that you'd want to be around though. I mean, <laughs> I'm hearing all this for the first time. Uh, right now I'm imagining without a shirt. I that's just me though. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> game game has been changed. Yeah. Uh and just kind of to summarize all those emotions into one, he's kind of like a sad radio DJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's like only on between like 2 a.m. and 5. Yeah, yeah, and people call in all the time requesting music, and he's kind of just like, yeah, I'll play it. But <laughs> have you thought about You're not gonna bring how my, my life... W- yeah, <laughs> my wife loves me. He's depressed. That's how I describe it. He's yeah. depressed. No, he's got, he's got a lot directionless, of Directionless... <laughs> Just looking for just looking for conversation. Just looking for a way out. That too. He just need he just needs a ledge or a revolver one shot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, or a pill bottle with a word he can't pronounce. I just he just he's looking for a way out. And I'm glad you found your art. That's I mean I see you as a depressed, thank you, thank directionless you. amoeba personality. But you know I, you seem to know where you're going. And well, that's what's I important. I see myself in a lot of the art. I can't stress this enough. A lot of this is very well thought out. Um, <laughs> we just it's it's not it's not like we're doing this off the dome. Like yeah, we had this yeah. article weeks in advance, yeah. and you know, I've been reading it thirteen <laughs> yeah. times. You could tell by how you stumble through it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what word was coming next. <laughs> Every time, the, whatever. Every time that new uh, word came up next in the article, you're like, "Is this a new English word?" This is even English. Never be too sure. <laughs> they change it every year. But I'm happy that you found art. I guess. Thank you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but man, there you go. You know, despite the fact that we are top fifty in South Africa, we we still need to make money. You know, we're we're not millionaires yet. We're on our way, so we're gonna have to run some ads for the podcast. So let's let's make some bucks. Want a break from the ads? No. In a world that doesn't have enough art, in a world where people are black and white and emotionless, come into a sanctuary where art and emotions run true. Here at a specially curated exhibit by a great artist and zookeeper, Alan, you will see in-depth pictures of stains on different pieces of clothing. Some will be mustard, some will be spaghetti, but all will be filled with raw emotion that will make you cry and bring you to your knees. Alan, a great artist in the 21st century, goes out and takes pictures from bushes with an old 1830s camera to get the most raw, the raw, most raw picture of people's stains. And from this, you can glean the depth of their de- depravity and depression. Come, be sad, be happy, be human at Alan's art exhibit. Are you one of those guys that own a crocodile farm? but always struggled during breeding season. Your crocodiles, they just they just aren't into it. The men are always out watching the game. They can't bother with the women folk crocodiles. <laughs> Give us a call over here at a little operation we call Crocodile Done Me. <laughs> what we're going to do is we know we know what your dial's like. 
We know that if we take an Apache helicopter and fly it over your crocodile farm, those boys are going to get rock hard. You won't struggle to get them to mate. The only struggle you're going to run into is getting them to not mate. Crocodile done me. <laughs> Comes with a money back guarantee. If you don't have a good old harvest of crocodile babies here in the next few months, we'll give you your money back. We'll give you our helicopter. We are we are that sure that our product works. We will put our Apache helicopter on the line. Give us a call. Crocodile done me. Hey, hey, Alan. Man, I, I need to go somewhere. Have you seen my keys? Is this ever you? Do you ever just look for something like your keys and you just can't find it? Did you put it in a conventional storage system? <laughs> like a lockbox or a safe? Or just on your counter? That's where you went wrong. Because here it put it in my pumpkin... We sell storage devices that are just pumpkins uh, that we got around Halloween time, and we put things in them. And you'll never lose anything again once you put it in a pumpkin, and we can guarantee that. You put something in a pumpkin, and you let that baby rot for, I don't know, six to eight months, it's going to be leaking. But you're going to know... You're going to know exactly where your keys are. You're never going to be in this situation that you just saw Zach in where he's like, oh, where's my keys? Where's my keys? You know where they are. They're in that just foul-smelling <laughs> vegetable gourd <laughs> sitting on your porch. So give us a call. Uh, you can order over the phone as well. Six simple payments of $19.99 uh, that we take <laughs> monthly. Quite bi-monthly, actually, so... Give us a call and put it in my pumpkin, and <laughs> we'll get you set up with some real storage. Well, blimey. <laughs> just sitting out here with all these gators, and I, I, just, I just can't seem to make them, make them get it on, you know? They just don't seem to be interested these days. Wow. This is a problem that the average person has faced. Hi, I'm Zach for Crocodile Done Me. Here at Crocodile Done Me... We have a solution to a problem that you may have faced. Here at Crocodile Done Me, we take those impotent, soft <laughs> alligators and we tur turn them into crocodiles. Here at Crocodile Done Me, what we'll do is we'll send the most powerful machine that this world has ever seen an Apache helicopter right over that crocodile pond. And boy, howdy, you're going to have a bunch of humping crocodiles. And if you get turned on, we, <laughs> we understand. Crocodile Done Me. <laughs> if there's an erection lasting more than two hours, please call your doctor. <laughs> Man, life is difficult. Work has got me run down. I need a vacation. I wonder where I can go. Have you ever been a person like this? Have you ever said, I need vacation. I do not like this country. Why don't you and your family come on down to the wonderful country of Ukraine? Here in Ukraine, we have many things that you can see. You can tour our wonderful variety of factories. You can come see where we build military... No, no, we, we don't build military weapons. We don't do that. 
See the factories where we build toys <laughs> for the children, you know. Do you like the cold? We've got the cold. You ever wanted to feel, I don't know, a little sad? <laughs> Come to one of our villages. You can watch old people sit in the street and be cold. Not a fun sight to see. And after a full day of all the tourism, settle down with a nice meal of unsalted gruel and stale bread. <laughs> what is in the gruel, eh? A mixture of beans and oatmeal. We are not trying to make it taste good, we just want you to be able to have the energy to work. I must make it clear we do not want Russians. Feel like it's an understood thing we don't want them we want american aid i mean visitors only <laughs> cannot stress that enough come to ukraine bring your money <laughs> as always this is ukrainian santa and i support this message it's so good. the episode's also brought to you by asbestos taxidermy is your taxidermy animals not retarded Fire retarded? <laughs> well, call Asbestos Taxidermy. Well, we fill your dead animals with the carcinogen Asbestos. Those animals will not catch fire, but they may give you a little known disease called mesothelioma. After you buy your Asbestos-filled taxidermy animal, you won't be saying carcinogen. You'll be saying can I get again? Asbestos <laughs> taxidermy. Call now. <laughs> uh, what's the number one thing that you're hesitant about with your taxidermy? Or what's the worst thing you think about your taxidermy? That's right. It's that it keeps catching on fire. Because why would you want to buy a stuffed animal if it keeps catching on fire? That's why here at Abestus Taxidermy, you're going to get... <laughs> Animals stuffed with asbestos, fire retardant material that you're not gonna get caught up fire anymore. It's really gonna save your hide. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so give us a call. We'll send you some animals that are stuffed with, I don't wanna say cancerous material, but. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it if you don't want to buy it. I mean, it kind of doesn't. I guess it's up to you. It's viewer discretion, uh, customer discretion if you want to buy this. I will say it best is not great. But it is great at stopping fires. So <laughs> if you just have a lot of fires, try it out. If you or a loved one has suffered from mesophilioma or any other asbestos-related cancers from working in the Navy, shipyards, or buying products from Abestus Taxidermy, please call Questionable Detour Attorney at Law. Here we have a staff of attorneys here to help you with your legal needs. We will fight for you. You shouldn't have to worry about working at the docks or buying taxidermy and how that's going to affect you medically. Give us a call. We're going to sue the crap out of the United States Navy, <laughs> any shipyard, Camp Lejeune, <laughs> and 
more specifically, Evan over at <laughs> Asbestos Taxidermy. He is gonna just we're we're just gonna tear him a new one. Give us a call so that we can do this. We really we we'd really like to like to get this behind us. Thank you. Howdy, folks. Are you tired of buying your jewels from a well-lit, well-oxygenated, well-open jewelry store and getting not not what you want for a lot of money? Well, no more. Come on down to Terrace Fat Road Jewels, where we hand-harvest diamonds. Beautiful, quality diamonds right from a 600-pound man's fat rolls. Never have you seen this quality diamonds. Sure, you can go to Africa and have slaves hand mine diamonds right from Mother Earth, but you will never get the quality diamonds that you get from Daddy Terry. <laughs> Terry's Fat Road Jewels. Come now. Are you sick and tired of wondering where you're going to store your things? Do you have a lot of sand? And maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, I can't keep this in a bag. I'm not poor. Come on down to put it in your pumpkin, where we just sell you a hollowed out pumpkin for space, storage. Call us here at Put It In Your Pumpkin, where we provide you with a hollowed out pumpkin for all your storage needs. Do you need a place to put your small infant when your arms get tired? Do you need that thing to have a lid? where you can close it, and then that baby will be muffled when it cries. <laughs> Maybe you can put it outside and it wouldn't look out of place. <laughs> While you go in, take a nice, well-deserved nap. You're a good parent, but sometimes, let's face it, those babies can get annoying. Put it in that not-quite-soundproof pumpkin. <laughs> set them outside. Go get your nap. <laughs> put it in your pumpkin. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> Man, making the big bucks. Making the big bucks with ads. People all over the world are trying to get us to advertise their businesses for them because we we reach a lot of people in South Africa. Because did mm-hmm. you know that we're top 50 in South Africa? I don't know if we someone, said that yet. Someone was talking about yeah. that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I, heard so it, I heard it. We have a big reach. I'll do anything <laughs> if you give me a crisp 20. <laughs> anything. But there you go, guys. That's, that's the end of the episode. Traditional one-liner wisdom for the Saturday workers. What do y'all got? You can kill two birds with one stone, but wouldn't it be so much easier if you just used a gun? <laughs> you can box out a defender in basketball, but you can't box in your emotions, so let those out. <laughs> Very Why? deep. Mm-hmm. Use a gun and let out your emotions. Maybe not with the gun, though. I don't, I'm not saying those two things should be combined, mm. you know, but that, that probably wouldn't be wise, but separately. Very wise. I think people have tried them together before. Yeah, they've tried them together. Doesn't end well. It does not. Wise, wise. But if you have a hypothetical you want us to answer, if you need some advice from the three wisest people, podcast at gmail.com. Remember, tell your friends about us. Tell them how you, as a person, have grown. Tell them, why, why do you have such a skip in your step? Why do you have such a smile on your face? Why are you looking a little less gray and depressed? Well, tell them why. Because you've been listening to us. Balls are hanging a little bit lower Whoa, now. Whoa, the swinging. <laughs> like a grandfather clock. <laughs> or just your grandfather. Or just your grandfather. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why you're showing your friends your balls, but hey, if they ask, tell them why you're listening to the Quest World Detour podcast, top 50 in South Africa. Thank you, South Africa. Good night. <laughs> Expect the detour.